Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast. It's sponsored by Zwift, which gives you a new way to compete without traffic or punches getting in your way. Zwift is an online community of cyclists around the world coming together to train and race virtually. Climb mountains, climb the leaderboards, or go for KOMs or QOMs. Loads of riders in the pro peloton use Zwift to train their way to the top, and you can too. Visit Zwift.com to get in on the action. Welcome to the Zwift SBS Tour de France podcast for this episode number three, all the way from Cholet. Before we start, let me remind you that you can download or stream or subscribe to our podcast from our website, sbs.com.au slash central. With me, Dev McKenzie. Dev, bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Yeah, you almost forgot, didn't you? you you've got to drop the tagline in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, interesting there because team trial is never an easy exercise. No, oh gee, it's been a tough day, isn't it? And uh, it was pretty hot early on, the wind blew up. Fairly tough course, only 35 kilometres, but a few climbs in it, a little bit of crosswind here and there, and some fast sections up to 70, almost 80 kilometres per hour. So a really, uh, not super technical, but just a, you know, a course, a challenging one. So relatively short distance, 35, 36k. Um, what does that do to the body so early in the race? Hurts it. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> yes, all over. No, look, they're brutal. They're, I did a few in my career, not too many, but they're just brutal. And if you're on a slightly off day, you don't even have to be on a terrible day. If you're on a slightly off day and just for one kilometre you have a really bad patch where you, say, miss the wheel in front of you when you're trying to get back on after rotating your turn, you can be dropped in an instant because when they're doing 65-plus kilometres an hour, The minute you're out of the slipstream, you can be dropped. So let's talk about uh, the race itself. A bit of a special day for us Australians because BMC has done very well because BMC won the stage and they got the yellow as well with another mount. Yeah, they've had, a, they've had a monster day. It's the day they wanted. They they would have loved to have taken more time, but they've got a little psychological blow, haven't they, to, to the other teams and in particular Team Sky. They didn't get them by much. It's only about five or six seconds, but that's enough. And just to put another kink in the armour of Chris Froome, uh, for Richie Port, uh, he's now gained back a lot of that time that he lost to the likes of Vincenzo Nibali and, of course, Roman Bardet and some. He's gained more. He only lost 50-odd seconds uh, on stage one, so he's gained more than a minute. And I think to Bardet, it was almost a minute 30, so he's had a good day. I think what's interesting is how much they were able to, therefore, control and overtake Sky. Because Sky had the yellow jersey at, at play as well with Garen Thomas. Yeah, they certainly did. And I think uh, G would have been, you know, starting to think we can do this. We we're going to uh, win it. But then BMC came in just two teams later and uh, showed him how it's done. It wasn't by much, but it doesn't need to be, does it? It only needs a few seconds. And himself and Van Avermaet, they were on the same time going into today. And so that's why now Van Avermaet will take the yellow. Uh, another team that was quite impressive, and we just saw uh, uh, Gilbert pass, uh, passing just next to us, Quick Step. They were impressive in the sense that they blew apart halfway down the, down the race. They had to wait for more riders to, to join back the team, but they only lost by six seconds. Yeah, incredible ride by Quickstep. And look, they were, they've been world champions uh, a few times before. So we knew they were in the mix, going to be in the mix. But then, when they, as you said, when they almost blew their own team apart, 
halfway through up that sort of probably the hardest climb of the course with it. I know they're done, but they boxed on, they hung in there, and she they almost they almost got the job done. So good performance by them. Losers, uh, I think he starts with AG2R because it, they took a big blow. Barde, I know you can see my sad face. Barde took a big blow today. <laughs> A uh, huge blow for Roman Bardet. You can't win the Tour de France when you lose that much time in a team's time trial or an individual. So, you know, you can't he can't let this happen now in the individual time trial. He can't afford to lose any more time or he will not win the Tour de France. That's my opinion, because now he needs to go on the attack. We know, we know that he can climb, we know that he can descend, but he's going to have to attack Richie Port, Chris Froome, Vincenzo Nibali, and most of the most of the rivals around him. But you know where does that promise us a, a even more exciting Tour de France ahead with more stages and more fun and more attacking left, right and centre. As a viewer, it's happy days. It is going to be an absolute ripper of the next two weeks because now it just tightens it up. And, you know, let's not forget Murder Breton is coming up in the next couple of stages. So that's the day that Cadell Evans won that stage when he went on to win the Tour de France. It's a short sort of almost two, three kilometre climb up to the finish line. Then you've got the Parve, so we are in for some really exciting stages. What about Bahrain and Nibali? Because uh, that team crossed the line with only four riders. That's the minimum required to, to cross the lane uh, as a group. What do you make of their performance? What can we read into this? Because Nibali was on the forefront, leading that train, but not much guys behind. No, look, uh, he limited his losses. He did a good job. He did a good job. They did lose about a minute, but he, he's done okay, and his teammates have done a pretty good job. Domenico Pozzavivo, uh, I think he's worth a mention as well. He was in that group before. The small Italian climber who's finished top five in, in the Giro d'Italia a few times. Uh, so for Nibali, not a bad day. He would have liked to have lost less time. We know that. That's obvious. Um, but nonetheless, he hasn't lost two minutes, or you know, he hasn't lost a minute and a half like Bardet. So that's a pretty good day. Sunweb, uh, we saw uh, Michael Matthews crossing the line, leading the, the pack, leading the train for Tom Dumoulin. Tom Dumoulin looks good in this tour. They've had a, they did a good team's time trial. We've almost understated them, haven't we? Because, what, five, ten seconds down on the stage win, Dumoulin, we know what he, we, we know what he can do. He won the Giro d'Italia 12 months ago. He's, in, he's looking very good, very good. The, the test for him now, and the question mark is, uh, over the next week or two, how has he recovered from the Giro d'Italia this year? Just to conclude uh, the, the stage today, so we just said there's a new yellow in BMC. We've just spent five days with them in, a, in the same hotel. We said they look relaxed. Actually, our producer extraordinaire, uh, Catherine Whelan, said she had good feeling about this team this year. So far, they're looking good, BMC, as a, as a unit. And having the yellow can just bring even more to them. Yes, absolutely. And look, I think uh, when you say, uh, you know, of course, we all would love to see Richie Port uh, climb on that top step as Australians. And uh, I made the point that, you know, he probably just needs a little bit of luck to go his way. He hasn't had it yet. And today wasn't luck. Today was hard work. So he's if, if he is going to have some good luck, well, it's still coming because today they won it on brute strength. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Maka, look who's uh, coming around. Ah, uh, the legend, the legend that is one of Australia's favourite sons, Jens Voigt. I think I can say that, can't I? We claim you a lot, don't we? I was going to say the man, the legend. Well, whatever, it all sounds good to me. <laughs> so I'm happy to be here, my friends. 
Cholet is uh, a place where I believe you won here on the Grand Prix Cholet. This man didn't. How mean is that? Do, we, do you have to remind him of that? You did actually last, you did yesterday. You, you remind the I listeners you did. You. Oh, yes, of course. But tell us about it, Jens, because you've got great memories here, haven't you? I did. It was um, one of the uh, cold, rainy days in the spring and uh, we managed, uh, yeah, get away in the end and uh, I could win the race, my first win of the season that year. And yeah, I remember it, um, you know, this one, like two or three seconds, you know you got to win. Nobody else is close enough to get catch you anymore. So you know you're going to win. And this moment we're just rolling across the line, you go, yes, I got this. Before all the crowd and the fans and the friends like crash on you, this precious little moment where you're all alone with yourself, you got like zen, inner peace with yourself. These are the moments you train and work all year long. I, I cannot believe you ha ever have zen. You're too hyper to have zen. Come on. Oh, I am. I am. Uh, um, I do have these moments. So, um, um, according to my wife sometimes, she would call me a sleeping tablet. <laughs> no way. I do not believe that. <laughs> Talking about the, the, the time trial today, team time trial, What you've written this story for many times. How do the guys get into the space for a team time trial? It's such a different event. It's a different event, and let me tell you, I mean, also you must know from experience, it is, it's got to be the most nerve-wracking event you can imagine, because there's immense pressure on you, like you don't want to let down the team in your performance, you don't want to crash yourself, you don't want to crash your teammates. Um, there's a million people watching live on TV, there's no peloton to hide in. If you are on a bad day and you get dropped, everybody will see, including your partner, your wife, your kids, or your parents. That's it's. Terrible, you know, about their pressure because I mean, look at Mitchelton Scott for them, it's all in today. They need to make up some time, they try to make the best possible time for Adam Yates. So, immense pressure on them. And the TT bikes they ride fast, but the cornering is pretty shite, and the braking is even more shite, to be honest. <laughs> so, it is sketchy and dangerous um, on these bikes, roundabouts, little corners, different surface in the shade, out in the sun. Um, and these bikes are. I mean, the team time trial, we reach speeds like cars, you know, like we're talking about 60, 65 kilometers an hour on a flat, a little bit of tailwind, 65, easy. So it's not much time to correct an error, you know, at that speed. So it is nerve wracking and people are happy when it's over. On the good side, the team that wins, everybody in the team, the masseur, the mechanic, the sport director, even the press officer, everybody goes, this is our win. If a rider wins an individual stage, everybody is happy, of course, but the rider won. A team time trial, the whole team is included. The whole team goes, this was awesome. Like, clearly on a podium of my best moments on a bike will be uh, the team time trial we won in 2001. Stuart O'Grady yes, in the yellow jersey. Absolutely, Credit Agricole, yes, correct? Agricole. Yeah. Yep, and yeah. we defended Stuart's yellow jersey. We won a team time trial. I mean, the team we had, you know, Stuart O'Grady. We had uh, Bob Julik in there, Tor Hushoff later becoming world champion myself. We had a great team that year. Um, and clearly, there's one of my best memories, the whole team winning together. It's always a special moment. So in that case, the fact that the team time trial is so early on this Tour de France, that could build up the ego or the passion or the morale of some team. Can it break it for other teams? Oh, clearly it is. I mean, uh, look at uh, Nairo Quintana. He's already down. If he loses another minute, What the sound? How is he going to make that up? Is he going to take two minutes on a Paris Roubaix stage? No, he's going to lose another minute there. <laughs> We hit the first mountain, he's three minutes down, right? Plus, Nairo Quintana, he's three minutes down on the results by that time maybe. 
having the time trial in mind, here it's already five minutes down because you're going to lose another two minutes, right? That's what I try to tell the, the, all these uh, climbers all the time. Said, listen, if you at the start of a Grand Tour with Tom Dumoulin or Chris Froome, and you're a pure climber, you're not at the same start time like them. You start at kilometer zero with a minus of four minutes. And that's how you have to race. Every day you arrive in a peloton together with Froome and Domoleng, it's a bad day for you and a good day for them because they have the time trial in the rear or in the, in, in the back or as a bonus. So they go, you know what? As long as I'm in the same time, I'm gonna win easy because I got the time trial. That's how this, the climbers have to race and that's what you often miscalculate and he start attacking too late and Froman just sits there, smokes a cigarette goes, you guys are so stupid, you're just carrying me to another win. <laughs> this guy, this guy, I don't think you should be working in TV, mate. You should be working as a team director because sometimes you've got to give the cold, hard truths, don't you, to the climbers or to, to, the, to any particular rider. Yep. That's what directors have to give them and I'm sure they are, aren't they? Well, yes, and I hopefully directors understood that, and I hope that's why Movistar brought three leaders. I actually would have preferred, but that's just me, private talking. Mitchelton Scott brings all their talent. Forget about the Giro. The kids are young. They can win the Giro 10 more years. Bring both Yates brothers and Chavez to the tour and start fireworks. Because, in all fairness, I love the three boys, but man to man or head to head, none of them can beat Fromer. But there's only one Frome, but three of Adam Yates, Simon Yates, and Chavez. So if they go out left, right, in the middle, bang, 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 until Frome cracks and goes, I had enough of these guys, I'll just let them go. That would be a chance. Ah. Fireworks everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Okay, one final word from the legend. Your tip. We're a few days in. Who's your tip to stand on the top step in Paris? I know it's a long way out, but we've got to get a tip from you. I made up my mind uh, early enough, weeks ago, Roman Badet. I have a really good feeling for first French winner since 1985. It's all going to fall in line for him. He was third last year, second year before. He has been on podium twice. He's a great climber. There's a few stages they suit him where he will be attacking over the top, descending like a crazy man, podium or hospital. He's going to gain more time on the downhill and he's going to go into the last time trial with two and a half minute lead over the best time trialers and he's going to win. Roman Badi for me. And I didn't pay him. Uh, I was just about to say, you've just slipped him a 50 in the pocket. The Frenchman now is so excited that you've said that. Jens Voigt, always good to catch up with you. Thanks for coming on the pod. Great to have you on. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys and hey, good day mates. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the legend Jens Voigt. Look, we're going to take a short break and then when we come back we will talk timing, we'll talk clocks, we'll talk photo finish with the guys from Tissot. Don't go anywhere. You won't go anywhere, Maka. I'm planted to the ground. So here's indoor training before Zwift. You're alone in a dark basement, staring at a wall or watching TV reruns. Indoor training after Zwift, you're climbing epic mountains in Watopia, you're racing through the streets of London or sprinting through an Italian village. The world is virtual, but the watts are real. And so is the competition. With hundreds of group rides and workouts every day, you've always got friends to keep your motivation high and friends to chase. Get seven days free at Zwift.com. So we are here on the finish line and uh, uh, on the podcast, on the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast here with Pascal Rossier on the day of a team trial. So uh, your role as a, you're, you're the official timekeeper uh, as the company, but your role within that company and on that day like this. Tell us exactly what your role is. 
here I'm here for on behalf of Tissot to supervise all the information. So I've got a team of uh, of eight people for the whole duration of the Tour de France, which is increased uh, of uh, a couple of more people when we have a, uh, a time trial. Uh, in that case of today, as we have two uh, measurement points on the course, uh, the team is made of 14 technicians from Tissot. Uh, timing is pretty important every day, but it's even more important today. Well, as you said, it's, every, it's important every day, because anyway, Tissot has to provide not only the timing of each rider, but also all the ranking. Uh, Tissot, you hear a lot about Tissot being the official timekeeper, but Tissot is also in charge of providing all the data related to the, to the Tour de France. So from day one to last day, Tissot is in charge also all the ranking and broadcasting the information you will have access to or watching on TV. So yes, back to the team time trial, it's quite a challenge. Uh, it's a different deployment than, the, than the, a classical stage. Yes. What about uh, on the bike, the technology on the bikes? I think there are little transponders on the bike. Yes. What role do they play and how did that change in the last five to ten years? So basically, the, I would say it didn't change so much in the last uh, five to ten years. What has been changed a lot is about the performance of the photo finish, which we are going to talk about later. Uh, back to the chip, which is uh, equipped uh, on every bike, the purpose of the chip is uh, in the case of uh, mass start races is uh, to help for us when we reach when the, the peloton is reaching the finish to gain on efficiency and speed when we have to read the photo finish and uh, in the case of a, time, a team time trial or a time trial basically the chip will be used to get the information about the riders or the team crossing the split time so there is an antenna which is laid on the on the road and this is how we are going to gather the time of the rider or the team in the case of the today time trial at the split time Um, at the finish again, both for the mass start and for the time trial, the decider, the official tool, the calibrated one is the photo finish. And this one has evolved a lot. What about on the ground? Because I can see there's yes. about a million and a half cables running everywhere. Some of them are yours. Uh, what do they actually do? Uh, what's happening on the actual ground? So fortunately, not all of those cables are <laughs> our responsibility. A lot of cables are also for the usage of TV and different uh, providers. In our case, In the case of cycling, we don't, uh, we don't have a lot of things on the ground. We've got an antenna, which is basically a copper wire, which is crossing the road. And that's pretty much it. But if you look above, then you will see the camera. There is multiple cameras, because in the principle of, uh, of our technology, our integrated solution, when you reach this level of competition, you cannot have any glitch, meaning that everything is doubled. So that's why we have multiple cameras, because we have backup. In case of a failure, we should be able to switch to, to A to B without impacting first the athletes, the race, but also the consumer of the Tour de France, the spectators and the TV spectators. And when there's a group of eight riders, where do you take the time? From the first, from the middle, from the from the last, where, where is the time calculated? So the time is taken for every every of the rider, but the official time of the team is taken on the on the fourth rider, and that's why we have again the transponder, the chip which is on the bike. So each of them will be will have the time, their time, but at the same time, you know, the time is going to stop on TV by the chip. The chip is going to trigger to stop the time you are going to see on TV. But the official time of the team on the fourth rider is again taken on the photo finish. So you, you look at the team, you take the fourth rider, you put the cursor on the front wheel, and then you get the time. And how refined the timekeeping is? Where we're talking tenth of a second, hundredth of a second, thousandth of a second. How, how deep in time can you go? And then what is real time? <laughs> Because there's a real question about what is actual real time in real time. Yes, uh, about the precision, I think 
you can go very far in the precision. At the end of the day, you see the precision is given by the sport. When we have a mass start races, it's at a second. Today we have a hundredth of a second. So the mission of our timing device is to be able to always measure the time within the next precision. So thousand of a second. But in the case of the photo finish, because you know how it is with those uh, sprint we have at the Tour de France, basically they have the same time. But with the camera we, uh, we, we develop and the new model of camera uh, we are having at the Tour de France, we have a pace of 10,000 images per second, meaning we go to 10,000 of a second, meaning that at a speed of 60 km per hour, you should be able to distinguish two riders within a millimeter. How long, be, uh, how long before the Tour you actually work on getting those technologies and I guess you probably won't answer this, but what have you got in the pipeline for us? Well, um, for me, the tour is a never-ending story. Huh? Today, we are what we talk, what we mention, we, uh, we describe as a, an operational mode. But from tour to tour, there is a little break after the tour. But quite quickly, already in fall, we will have discussion with the organizing committee because, you know, the sport is always evolving. The rules are changing. One second between the groups, three seconds between the group, the three kilometers, the one kilometer. So our solution, which is here to handle the competition, needs to be adapted and, and, and customized every time. So it's, it's never stopped. And also, having Tissot now being a partner for a couple of years, we can really focus on developing the new technology. And the new technology is going to be about more, more tracking uh, devices uh, on the bike. So Swiss timing evolving on the Tour de France? Yes. <laughs> thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. And thank you for joining the podcast. With pleasure. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Uh, welcome back to the uh, Zwift SBS Tour de France podcast. Maka, let's look at uh, what's coming up uh, tonight. We've got a flat as stage, 195 kilometers, La Baule to Sarzo. Sarzo, it's Warren Barguil territory. What do you make of that stage coming up tonight? Well, it's certainly not a stage for Warren Barguil. Uh, he might be from the area, but it certainly won't suit him. Look, it's another flat one. They do finish on the coast or right you know, close to the coast. So we may see some crosswinds. The winds, as we'd said, have blown up a little bit today at the team's time trial. So if that continues, maybe, just maybe, we'll get some crosswinds uh, on this stage. We'll see. Uh, expect a breakaway to go once again and re-enter the sprinters because the opportunities for them now are starting to become less and less. Remember, we've got Murder Bretagne coming. That's not a day for the sprinters. Parve day, that won't be a day for the sprinters either on stage nine. So the sprinters will look to really control this. Uh, you know, Peter Sagan, Marcel Kittel still searching for his first win. Do you know what? That's interesting, actually, because years before we had sprinting festivals. We had guys like Kittel that would go home with five wins. You know, we had Cavendish putting the fire on, on, that, on that finish line. We haven't seen this this year. We've seen a first-time winner. We've seen Sagan winning. And then maybe tomorrow is the day for one of these big guys, the guys that we're expecting to win a sprint to deliver because we haven't seen them yet. No, look, and, and by the way, it's still a festival. Their budget's just been cut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the sprinters, you know, they've come back. The, the ASR have said, sorry, your budget's been shrunk. We're only giving you so many sprint stages so and you know look in all seriousness yeah they really have to make the most of the days uh, that are given to them to for the sprint days and, to, and tomorrow is one of those so they've uh, you know they, they will control it uh, without a doubt uh, you know i'd be i'd be surprised if a breakaway stays away what do you make of the form from uh, Marcel Kittel this year? Because it's quite—I think there's a quite an interesting question mark around him so far. No, not yet. No, not not for me. I think last year it took him a few days before he got a stage win. Okay, sure, we go into stage four uh, now, but yeah, but last year he was with Quickstep. He's not anymore. 
That's true, that's true. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. It's still Marcel Kittle, still the same set of legs. <laughs> no, look, it wouldn't surprise me if he suddenly went bang, bang and knocked off two stage wins. Uh, so his form's good. No, his form's good to answer it, to give you the short answer, because he's already been up there. Uh, I think on stage one he was top three. So, no, no, his form's good. Um, the only thing is his, his opportunities are limited this year. Absolutely. So, Brittany, we are entering the area for crepes, pancakes, you know, la crepe complète, ham and cheese and I egg, had, I think, uh, and butter. I haven't had mussels yet, though. We're on the coast. Surely I can get some mussels. We'll get this when we go towards Roubaix, you know, like two hours and off. Ah, oh, true, true. Okay, oh, maybe I'll hold out a couple more days. Thanks, Maka. It's been a pleasure to have you in the podcast again. It has been a great day. We'll see you again soon. And this is it for uh, the Zwift SBS Tour de France podcast for today. Uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download or stream or subscribe to our podcast on sbs.com.au slash central. Tomorrow, as we said, we're entering Brittany. We're leaving Vendée behind and we're going to Brittany. Another day for the sprinters, but that's tomorrow. Until then, for myself, Christophe Mallet and Dave McKenzie, it's bye for now. The SBS podcast brings you daily recaps of the Tour de France and Zwift brings you even closer to the pros. Zwift, our sponsor, turned indoor training into a full-on experience. Cyclists around the world log on to train, socialize and race virtually. You'll even see plenty of tour riders hopping on Zwift on their rest days, meaning you could be riding shoulder to shoulder with some of the world's greats, which is awesome. Ride and climb in Zwift without ever leaving your home. It's a great thing to do while you're watching the tour. So start Zwifting with a free seven-day trial at Zwift.com.